Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Episode 74, The Problematic Prince, with Danielle Gordon. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go! Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. Today, we have a story of turbulence and triumph. Um, Interviewing the newest member of MB and Associates, Danielle Gordon, who comes to us taking the hat of our former social uh, media director and creative um, director at MB. And of course, as luck would have it for me, brings great content. She had a very interesting relationship um, around the time of the lockdown. And um, needless to say, encountered a a lot of narcissistic issues with her then boyfriend, um, some interesting, shall we say, confusion on his part in terms of some of his infatuations and such. Um, And and if anybody's listening to Garrowling in the background, that's Parker. She's enjoying my fingers. And now my dog is barking too. (laughs) I'm not even going to redo this because I think you all should listen to what goes on in my life as I'm trying to work on a day to day. Anyway, my point is that we all have encountered issues with dating, but if we can walk away and have, um, a, you know, a pleasant experience in terms of lessons learned, then it's all worth the while, right? So we'll get into lots of juicy details with Danielle in just a second. I just want to take this moment again and again to remind everyone listening to please rate and review the Race for the Ring podcast. It helps everybody out there find the show. Um, it means the world to me, but even more so really just helps with the algorithm of um, all of the different platforms the Race for the Ring is on and it helps other people kind of find the fun show that we create for all of you. So I would be most appreciative and also want to remind you on the 30th which is coming up I am going to be pulling the winner for the first diamond ring in connection with my new book, You Don't Need to Be a Bitch to Be a Boss. All you need to do 
is to pre-order the book on Amazon, screenshot your receipt, and then DM it over to the Race for the Ring podcast on Instagram, and you'll be entered to win. We have three different giveaways. This is the first of three, culminating with the launch of the book, which is October 26th. So please, please jump into that. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous ring, um, rose gold, solitaire diamond, and it's completely free to whoever is the lucky recipient and participate. So we have lots of um, lots of people, actually, so I'm excited. But again, it's going to be chosen at random, so everybody has the same chance to win. So without further ado, we're going to get right into our combo with Danielle. Hi, Danielle. Welcome Hi, to the Race for the Ring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. I haven't really ever been on a podcast before. Oh, so this really? Is my first. Oh, mm-hmm. this is a fun one to break you into. Um, let's just tell everybody. So I had shared in the intro that you are our latest addition to Envy and Associates, our new creative director. And as luck would have it, you get thrown right to the wolves, <laughs> right? But you had a yes. really cool story. So we wanted to obviously share that. Um, I guess that's a prerequisite for folks that are applying for jobs at PND. You have to have like a psycho in your history of dating <laughs> or you're not a fit. So you know, join the club with the rest of us who've had our fair share of roller coaster rides and such. Um, so let's just share a little bit about your backstory. So tell everybody your age or rough age, um, what your dating status is today. And I mean, without going through like the laundry list of past loves, like roughly how many relationships you've been in. You've never been married, right? I don't believe no. so. Okay. All right. I am, I'm 23 and I've dated ever since like I was in high school. I had like, you know, the on and off boyfriends and whatever. Yeah. I've really only ever dated and been with four guys okay um so i mean four guys including the one that you was questionable including the one that i'm with yeah okay so. and the one that you're with now okay all right that's not a mm-hmm. lot of relationships i mean you're very mm-hmm. young in comparison to me who's an ancient fossil but nevertheless that was supposed to be a joke danielle <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> you're supposed to say ha, ha ha no you're not right on cue okay well, i'm just teasing i'm teasing we can start over i know i'm just kidding i'm joking um so anyway so that that isn't a lot of of relationships so of your relationships and you know boyfriends in your life have been more like long-term situations minus the the nut job so to speak Mm -hmm. yeah for the most part like I've always kind of gone from like one relationship and might have had like a small minor break and then went right back into it and I mean the most recent ex-boyfriend before my current I had to really take a step back and realize like it was okay for me to kind of be on my own, take a break from like the whole dating scene mm-hmm. and really focus on myself before I just kind of dived right back into it again. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's something that you were reluctant to do before? Um, you know, um, when you were in these longer relationships and you were going from one relationship essentially to another, do you think that you were con- like maybe, I don't want to say afraid to be by yourself, but do you think that was something that wasn't appealing to you? 
Or were you just I, lucky and found guys that were just awesome and you were able to just go from, you know, dating to another dating situation? No, for when I really took a step back and looked at it mm-hmm. after, um, after my last relationship, I started to notice like a trend where once I broke up with somebody, it was like, you know, I would not really like hate or resent them, but I would just kind of be like, feel like disappointed and defeated. And mm-hmm. I always kind of like that idea of just having somebody like by my side, somebody that, you know, I guarantee for the most part was always there for me, more like my partner in crime. Right. And, you know, once that relationship ended and it just like left me gutted, I really had to take a step back and go, okay, like maybe I just need to focus on myself right now Mm -hmm. and not worry so much about, you know, always having somebody like, I don't want to say attached to my hip, but having somebody that I fall back on so much because I should be okay with just... You know, being independent on my own. You needed to grow your independence. That's exactly what I was going to say. And just feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in your own skin and that you can kind of tackle things and, like, get to know yourself a little bit. I think for me, I'm trying to remember, you know, when I was dating before I was married, I did have, like, patches of time where I wasn't in relationships. I was in a different industry. I was in news and you move around a lot. So it was really hard to really have like anything of significance when, at least for me, because I was being so mobile, you know, very frequently, like every couple of years I was moving to like across the country, different places, like crisscrossing the country and things like that. But mm-hmm. then um, I got married. And then um, after that, um, I was looking for another relationship. I, I thought I had, I thought I had found one, um, but without getting into that, it was, it was not. It was more of a, a learning situation for me, not really, you know, something for the long haul, so to speak. At least then, mm-hmm. you know, it was just not the right time for a variety of reasons. But anyway, um, I then really wanted another relationship. I like really was like wanting to be with somebody, but I didn't really click with anybody. Uh, maybe because I clicked so much with that other person and nobody else really was a fit. Or I think also I just wasn't, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it was. I just, I mean, they were great guys. I mean, there were catches and stuff. I just didn't feel connected to anybody. And so I did a lot of small stints of dating, you know, um, and then I really enjoyed the independence and, mm-hmm. and time away and, like, just enjoying my time and, like, relying on myself for the first time, like, 150%. I think I did that a little bit in news, but, like, more so now because it was, like, by choice as opposed to circumstance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot to say for, for being independent and growing before you go back into the dating pool, so to speak. So I'm proud of you. All right, so let's get Thank into you. the ugly part of your... <laughs> tell us everybody wants to hear so tell us everything that you met this person during the pan we're not going to like we'll call him i hope i'm not getting too close to his real name i should have asked you what his real name was before we recorded but can we call him sam is that a yeah, safe that word okay <laughs> so sam so you met sam at the beginning of the pandemic right and you met him yes. on hinge is that correct the app mm-hmm. okay so share with everybody a little bit about him like was he good looking like where did you have your first day like all of the the juicy details yeah so I was kind of like you know re-entering the dating scene again um around this time and you know I wasn't really having the best luck and a friend of mine was like oh go on hinge I always like I always hear great things about it I always Mm -hmm. seem to match with like 
pretty half decent guys, mm-hmm. like as opposed to say like Bumble or Tinder. Yeah, I think that pool is better. I think it's better on Hinge. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I matched with him, and like at first I was like, mm, I don't know, he's kind of cute. And then I started talking to him, and it was like right away we clicked. He was like really good looking guy, and seemed like he really, you know cared a lot about like treating a woman right and you know we would start talking really like almost every day and like instantly it was just like that click or that really strong connection Mm -hmm. and you know we wouldn't see each other for um probably until about like late April early May was when I finally you know like went over his house like met his family like hung out with them um, so what was your impression? Did they seem nice and normal? And was he? Oh, God. Good? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They were like this really nice, like South Philly Italian family. Very welcoming. I mean, mm-hmm. he, Sam, it was like <laughs> him and he lived at home with his two other brothers, his mom and his dad. And then like the family all lived like within South Philly. They were very like close. So we would. They would always be over, stopping in and out. And that sounds like a nightmare. All right, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I know it's I sweet. Mean, when you're in my age range, I'd be like running for the hills. But go ahead. <laughs> but I really liked, you know, that very like the closeness of like yes, his family. I know. And how... I just very nice. I'm just making a joke. All right, go ahead. Although I have to be honest, I wouldn't. I personally would be like, I'm out. But go ahead. <laughs> oh god all right my family they always like hanging out with each other too my so family it was like kind of well, normal so that, for mm-hmm. me that's enough <laughs> <laughs> oh my god all right anyway go ahead go ahead continue all right I, and he met your family he, too right he had met your mom he met um yeah he eventually came over my house and met my parents and my sister and mm-hmm. you know my dad was like, I really like him. He's a really nice guy. Little did he know. <laughs> well, he was nice kind of at the surface, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, he was, yeah, you liked him. I mean, like, he, was putting on his be- I mean, he was putting on his best foot forward for everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he eventually got a little too comfortable, to say the least. So, I mean, What do you mean by time- that? Can you elaborate? What exactly do you mean? Oh, I can elaborate. We could be here forever. But. No, just give us, like, the highlights. Okay. Yeah, so... I mean, like, within the first, I want to say, like, month and a half of us talking, he did say, and this should have been the first red flag, did say, I love you. Wait, how and long were you? Like, I missed that. How long were you all dating? We were talking. We weren't, like, official, but... Right. You, yeah, you had we seen were, him and dated, though, a little bit. This was before I really started to actually, like, go over his house and spend time with him. And he told you he loved you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's bizarre. All right, go on. Continue. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, eventually I started going over his house more because, you know, he would always say, like, oh, every Friday, like, me and my family, we do these big little, like, get-togethers. Everybody comes over. We order pizza. Uh Just, like, you know. That's fun. We shoot the shit. We have a good time. And, you know, I went over the one time, and he was right. But then, like, as the weeks went on, it was really, like, you know, his aunt and his uncle would stop by. He'd be upstairs playing video games with the neighbors, and, like, that would really be it. But, like, regardless, I always loved going over there. Mm-hmm. And I was over his house, at least more often than I was at my own home. Okay. And that started to 
kind of like upset my family because it's like they never saw me. Yeah, and yeah, of course. Whenever my mom would, you know, try and bring it up to me, I would get very defensive and upset because this to me seems like something that was normal and I'm like a big girl. I have my own independence. Mm-hmm. I don't need to have a curfew, come home. Like I should be able to make my own decisions. Right. And be wherever I really wanted to be without it being questioned right. because I thought I loved him at the time. Right, right, right. So when did it start to turn? When did the water turn, like the tide, would you say? Probably about, like, this beginning of July. Oh, really? That's pretty recent. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, So, you know, as I started dating him, I started learning more about him, and he would tell me, like, really open up to me about, like, things in his past that, like, really affected him. He had, like, social anxiety majority of his life. He had medical issues, like, down there that he had to take care of, like, all throughout his life. Oh. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, that's a shame, but... Yeah. Yikes. But, okay. But the most part, it was normal. Okay. Well, that's good yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. But, oh, <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. All right, go ahead. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, the first time we ever did anything, I was a little, like, Afraid. apprehensive and a little, ner- <laughs> a little nervous. Can you but, say what was wrong? I'm curious. Um, so, when he was born, like, there's this medical condition where um, you don't necessarily, I think, he, as he put it, like, you don't necessarily have, like, a urethra. Like, you don't really, you're not really able to, like, urinate properly. Grow? So they like, had his, to, his pee-pee was small? No, you, no, he could grow, but, like, it would, sometimes he would get backed up oh. and wouldn't be able to, like, urinate properly. Oh. So they had to so perform a multiple So is a urology issue like that? Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, like, between that, the social anxiety, he told me once before that... He attempted, like, a few times throughout his life. Oh, no. Seeing, oh, that's very sad. And, I mean, I... And serious. Like, all throughout my life, I never really wanted to be somebody to judge someone no, for their past. No, of course not. Like, no. as long as... No, no, no. Absolutely not. That's not fun. That's like, something not as to long tease. As you that's were... not... Yeah, people suffer from that. I'm going back <laughs> mm-hmm. to school for that. Like, you know, yeah. mental health and education and therapy and counseling. I mean, yeah. everybody has something that they have to deal with. Right. As long as you're taking care of it. And, like, you notice the problems and you're trying to fix it. Right. Which, no, that's he seemed courage. like he was. He was going yeah. to, and talking to a therapist mm-hmm. weekly. She said he was doing a great job. And then um, eventually she's like, you're doing amazing right now. I don't really think I need to see you anymore. Oh. And I think that's when it kind of started to take a turn because, I guess, in his mind, he was like, oh, I'm so much better. Right. And then that's often like, what happens, unfortunately. Either their mm-hmm. medication is working, and and patients feel like they're basically cured, and they tem- pull mm-hmm. off of medication. I'm not saying he was on it. I'm just saying, or it's like the you know the the verbal therapy you know that they're undergoing, and they feel better, and things are like you know a little bit more in place, and then they pull away from it, and then they spiral because they don't have that solid foundation of support. You know, so mm-hmm. that's unfortunate. It's actually quite sad. I'm sorry for him about that. Yeah. But okay, so continue on. <laughs> but okay, like I think that was like one of the things that started to really take a turn because I think in his head it was kind of like, oh, I'm better. You know, I know it all. Like typical. I started to notice like a lot of 
like narcissism yeah, it and like, like, it. Traits. Mm-hmm. like it's my way or the highway mm-hmm. and I know what's best for you because I would like you know you would go to anybody that you confide in and that you think loves you and wants the best for you mm-hmm. whenever I would get into like those small fights with my mom or like my family just about always being over there like making it seem like everything was about him because in my world it was and that was my fault once I left that relationship I realized right but I would open up to him and then he would start saying to me how you know my mom does not want the best for me it would be in mm-hmm. my best interest to get as far away from her as that's possible that's a narcissist that they do that mm-hmm. they want you to pull Basically. yourself away from people that so they can content to have the hold on you and control yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. continue and- I didn't mean to interrupt you <laughs> you're okay he would just basically start saying like oh, you know, your mom does, like, she doesn't have your best interest at heart, and, like, she should really just let you, you know, have your own, like... Because he probably didn't want you to, like, not, you know, stop going there, but what would you say? Did you stick up for your mom? I, I'll be 100% honest, majority of the time, I didn't say anything, because I'm the type of person where I don't, I never really liked any type of confrontation, yeah. and yeah, I don't know if a part of me also, like subconsciously was just in so much shock that I just didn't know like how to respond what to think what yeah. to do yeah mm-hmm. yeah I've been in those situations too although I will say if someone talked for me like I remember um well my ex-husband would often say things about my my parents and just at, more out of defense like if we were arguing about something unrelated to my parents that would be his he would complain about something about my parents mm-hmm. and I never thought it was like really some of the things may have been you know, um, in my opinion, like founded, but like overall, it was like a huge exaggeration. If even so, other times I just didn't even understand what he was just, like complaining about. He's <laughs> just looking to pick a fight with me, unrelated to what we were talking about, to distract me. I think, but um, I used to go crazy. Like that would get me so angry. I would get more mm-hmm. angry about that than if he would say something negative about me because it's like that's my parents like don't say anything about my parents like I'll say whatever about them but (laughs) you can't say anything bad about my mom and dad Mm -hmm. like I would be so mad yeah now that I'm saying it out loud it makes perfect sense why he did it he probably just wanted to make me mad (laughs) because I was very even keeled overall about everything else because I like you hate confrontation so I would like try to be talking to him and not like getting this like massive like heated debate because it's not worth it um, yeah. So tell us about some of the fetishes. Didn't he have some odd fetishes too? Not really. Well, what about the princess dolls you said? Oh, yeah. That's okay. a little bit no, odd. You're right. <laughs> I, there, there's different scales of fetishes, okay. but now that you mention yes. it. Yeah. So, like, once I started dating him, I know, like, everybody kind of has their own type of, you know, interest and whatnot. And he was like, him and his family, they were really, like, into Disney, mm-hmm. more so, like, the Star Wars and whatever. But with him, he really loved, like, Frozen and Elsa and the song, like, Show Yourself and Let It Go. He could binge watch he would sing the Frozen it? Friends. When he would watch the movie, he would kind of hum to it, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I need a Manzel is catchy, but like it was, I found it slightly weird. Did he obviously. have, he had dolls in his room too, didn't he? Like little, like those little like glass figurines, like collectible figurines. He had like a whole cabinet with like all the princesses that he was collecting. And then for Christmas, he had like this Swarovski snowflake 
that um, was a really big part of like the Frozen franchise. It's all over like their logos and their branding and everything. Mm-hmm. But then the weirdest part, which I should have ran. There's more. Oh, there's more. <laughs> there's so much more. I'm not even halfway through the stuff. Oh but, God! All right, go ahead. So when he was a toddler, um, his mom gave him a stuffed Pooh Bear, like okay. a little stuffed animal Pooh Bear. Yeah, like Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. I, I don't like Winnie the Pooh. By that the way, that he's had probably ever since he was two. Oh God. Um, as far as I'm aware, to this day, he still sleeps with it. Oh. <laughs> he's 24. <gasps> Okay. Well, I have to say this, and I'm not going to name the, the friend. And it isn't me. I'm not speaking for, like, a friend, and it's really me. My friend still sleeps with her baby blanket. She's in her 40s. I'm like, oh, my God. But I don't know. I think that, But he's a guy, so it's like, and, and it's a stuffed animal. Like, it's a little bit odd. The blanket's odd, too. When I, have I to eventually, be like, slept over his house, he would. You slept with the bear, too. The bear was, like, with you in bed. Awesome. No, I would move the bear <laughs> off the bed. But, like, God forbid I threw that bear. Oh, my God. But, He's got then, issues, obviously. Okay, continue. And then he would. I mean, like, you know, most guys, they have, like, their little, like, you know, nerdy things that they like so clearly most guys are either dc marvel star wars legos or all the above so he would like have star wars battles with his younger brother which i was like oh that's kind of like fun and cute whatever um oh my god but and then he used to work at um one of those kind of like hot topic i think it was Kind of like box lunch, where they have uh-huh. like all the different like franchises, and then right. he would, um, he would tell me how he would buy like some of the women's graphic T-shirts because he liked the design on them more. Okay, well, but, maybe he had a feminine right. side to him, perhaps. He did. I mean, he was right. like, I... which isn't like awful, right? No. That's like not. I mean, that's fine. But what? But what was the nastiness? Like the nastiness, the narcissistic stuff. Was what scared, what compelled me to want to have, have like you dive into some of his stuff, you mm-hmm. know what? So we can learn from that as collectively as listeners. So what were some of the things like? What was the breaking point in this relationship that you just were like, I can't take it? How did he handle that? So, and how did you get out? Yeah. So most of July was when I really started to notice like a lot of the toxic traits. It was just a whole bunch of different scenarios. Mm-hmm. One of them was like. Once I finally went back to work, I used to work at like a woman's clothing store. I didn't fit into any of my clothes there mm-hmm. from there. And they kind of have like a stricter dress code where it's like you can only wear black or white and it has to look like stuff that we have in the store. Mm-hmm. When I wear jeans, it has to be the brand's jeans. Mm-hmm. When I wear color, it has to be like mm-hmm. the styles and the collection that we're currently selling. Mm-hmm. So I just spoiled myself. I had just graduated and I blew maybe $500 on clothes there because... Well, you I had mean, to. It was your uniform. Yeah. 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 So then when I went home, I think we were having like a 4th of July party that weekend. He was there and I was like, Haha, look at how much I bought. <laughs> and he was like, how much did you spend? And I was like... Why does he care? I mean, any other time that I would have blown that much money, I think my mother would have had a fit. Yeah, but he's not your mother, and he's exactly. not your husband, and he's not earning the money, and you're not splitting bills with him. He also so, didn't work. Yeah. 
yeah. didn't work, moved off of mommy and daddy's money because daddy worked in pharmaceuticals. Mommy was a stay-at-home mom, but would always, you know, boast about money. how much money they had and how, like, he was going to Temple, like, on and off to oh, study, God. like, I think, like, geology, rocks or whatever. Uh-huh. And he would just constantly, like... Look at all that I have. Look at all that, like, you know, we make or whatever. Oh, God. But <laughs> I said to him, I was like, why, you know, like, I spent, like, about $500. He's like, oh, you spent that much money and on your credit card, too? Like, yeah, I was trying to pay off my credit card, but, I mean, I could, I'm getting yeah. unemployment. I'm getting a good amount of money. It's fine. He was just, like, not supportive, so, I guess, right? Yeah. He, he was like, okay, you pick out two things, and then we're going to go back to the mall and return the rest tomorrow. Oh, my God. And did you do that? You did? Yes, yeah, I oh, did. I would have been like, I'm out. So it, how, how, how did you, when did you decide it was enough? Like, what was the breaking point for you? Um, well, when we went back to the mall, it's just a trickle effect of things. But when uh-huh. we went back to the mall, um, after we returned a couple of my things, we walked by the store that he used to work at where he used to have this unhealthy obsession with his former manager. Okay. But, you know, she was always like, he loved working there. He did a great job. And she was like, oh, you can always come back, you know, if you ever want to. Mm-hmm. And when we walked by, like, you know, he walked in, his face lit up. He said hi to everybody. So later that night, I was like, why don't you go back to work there? Clearly you love it. And he said to me, I'm afraid if I go back to work there, I would fall back in love with my my former manager again. Oh, well, that's said, nice why you're dating him, right? <laughs> and I said, that okay, so, what, you does feel this, good. so yeah. what does this mean for us? And then he would get all mad at me and basically, like, it's all my fault that I'm getting mad. Yeah, that's a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Um, the day when it just all broke out in absolute hell was... After my graduation party, like, that weekend, um, we all decided, like, me, my sister, him, and my cousins, we were going to go down to Wildwood and spend a day down there. And, and for those of you listening, that's, like, the Jersey Shore. Yeah. It's, like, the southern part of the Jersey Shore right before Cape May. All right, go mm-hmm. ahead. Continue. And we said we were going to get there around 10 in the morning, and we didn't actually leave my house until, like, about a little close to noon. Okay. And my mother was texting me. She's like, you know, why didn't you prepare earlier? Put all this stuff in your car sooner. That way, once you woke up in the morning, you can go. Because my sister was coming. She was slightly annoyed that, like, we were taking forever. Yeah, well, you missed half of a beach day. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a far drive. It's like a Mm -hmm. two-hour-ish place. Yeah. All right, go on. Okay, so, yeah. I I was just, you know, ranting to him a little about, like, why does my mom have to be on me so much about this? It really doesn't matter all that much. And, Mm -hmm. like, we're still going. It's fine. And my sister's in the back seat pretending to be asleep. Mm-hmm. Pulls out her phone and starts recording the conversation of him bashing my mother. Oh my god! Because you know my sister's a little sneak like that, and it's kind of like you know That's she's not cool, never. Though. But yeah. In her defense, she did it because she's like you know like he's already talking so much smack, and like Danielle pretends like nothing's wrong. But yeah. I'm gonna, you know, I have this proof now. Yeah, yeah. So we get down to the shore, like, we spend the rest of the day, and then my sister leaves with my cousin, so it's just me and Sam driving back home, 
and my mother's like freaking out again like oh he's driving your car god forbid like he drives your car home gets into an accident he's not paying a single cent and you have to Mm -hmm. I didn't know all those rules at the time Mm -hmm. but I'm like okay mom I'm tired whatever so on the way back home like we're driving and he's trying to like you know be all nice and cute whatever but when we get back home there was something about like we were talking to my parents and my parents were saying like if we want to have a conversation with our daughter you shouldn't need to like butt in and he's like oh well she's my girlfriend and I'm like okay anything pertaining to pertaining to our relationship you can have a say on anything aside from that just shut your mouth Oh, that's awful that he said that. My dad would have kicked somebody out of hell. <laughs> even now, 47, I think if a guy was dating, even a husband, my dad would have been like, excuse me, that's my daughter. Like, and there oh my was, God. That's that same awful. night, um, my neighbor was like, kind of like said to my dad and my mom that he overheard something where Sam and I were talking and it was like, us saying something wrong about him where he was like you know mad yeah, yeah. really upset I don't want to really get into like what no don't I want to hear was. how I just want to hear what but pushed you over the edge yeah okay so you're back whole, at the, it was the shore night like but yeah this okay. whole night okay so we all walked to the back of my yard where like the fence me the fences meet and here My boyfriend walks up and I guess he like puffed his chest and my neighbor like, you know, thought it was him getting defensive, ready to fight. He's like, you better back the F up right now. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm going to jump this fence and I'm going to F and kill you. Oh, my God. It's a daughter drama. My ex, being a narcissist, was like, boo-hoo, went into my house and started crying to the point where he had like a panic attack and like threw up. Oh my god! And I'm having like a full blown anxiety attack because I know that this is where like everything's gonna go straight to hell. Yeah, and I'm like basically sobbing to my neighbor. I'm like, I thought I picked a good one. Like, I don't want it to end like this. Like, basically just having this whole meltdown. So he finally calms me on this, calms me down, and says, "All right, go up and get him. I'll talk to him. Like, you know, I'm sorry." So I bring him back down, and he's like, "Did they defend me?" I'm like, "Did who defend you?" And he's like, your parents, did they defend me? And I'm like, just come downstairs. Right. I guess right. he wanted them to, like, defend him if, like, God forbid, right. my neighbor jumped the fence. Right. But, you know, they... But he was out of line. The neighbor overreacted, but he kind of caused it. So did you break up with him then? Is Mm-mm. that the end of it? No, because there's more. <laughs> my aunt brings my sister home and my sister plays that whole recording for my aunt oh god so she rolls up in front of my house gets out of the car slams the door and screams danielle get your effing ass inside this house right the f now and i'm like whoop your aunt <laughs> mm-hmm. oh nice and i walk inside and talk to her and she was saying how she was more so just mad at me because i let him get away with this much Okay, and so why do you think you didn't open up your mouth, Danielle? Like, why do you think you let it get as far as it did? Do you think you were just afraid to be alone and that you were just accepting? Or were you just smitten with him and you kind of t- turned a blind eye because he was obviously the worst good about some of the things he was doing or you wouldn't have stayed with him? Like, what's the take home here? What did you learn from this experience? I think, honestly, like I said, I just was... I wanted to avoid as much confrontation as I could. And like looking mm-hmm. back on it, I think I really did 
hate being alone and I was just mm-hmm. so blinded by it all that I thought, you know, he loved me and this is love up until like this point when I started noticing all the toxic yeah. traits. Yeah. And looking back on it now, it's like I just let him get away with so much just because I don't like I wanted somebody and I wanted to overlook all of that just so I could you but know, you wouldn't do be, that. Not be alone because I hated that feeling of like loneliness because mm-hmm. any other time, including that time when I dated somebody and I would break up with them and it would end horribly, mm-hmm. I would always get told by my family and friends, like, you know, you just set your bar so low and you're just so desperate to find a guy. And I hated that word. I hated it so much. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's would, the case. I think you liked this guy. I just I think that I and genuinely love bombed you. It sounds like he was really sweet in the beginning, telling mm-hmm. he loved you. Obviously, who knows if that's accurate? Well, not that it's not accurate information. I'm saying like, who knows if that was really the case? They like say a lot of things so that you like become putty in their hands, and then they mm-hmm. turn. It also sounds like he had a lot of psychological issues, which is unfortunate, you know, and things like that. So it was probably a combination of a lot of different things. His parents sound like they enabled him quite a bit to say the least which mm-hmm. created the narcissistic traits and I'm on track for my schooling I <laughs> I've just interviewed a lot of therapists so I think I can like regurgitate this information now but I think that but now you're in a good place right you have a good really you're in a good relationship after you to take your breath of fresh air and spend some time on your own and kind of got to know yourself right how'd yeah. you meet how many how'd you meet this person so after this all happened, and to make a long story short, it just, my aunt basically told him all the things that he was doing wrong that she didn't like, and he apologized and was like, I'm sorry, and then we're going to work on it. Mm. I dropped him okay. off at home, and I can just kind of tell, like, you know, something was off, and this clearly wasn't going to. Like, he wasn't looking to work towards it. And his family got word of everything that happened per, you know their little Him. golden child right and the way that he wanted to put it and I went over there to talk about it and it just they were telling me anywhere your family has our address get rid of it because I don't want them you know knowing where we live as though we're going to do a drive-by oh my god I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. think they're being a little bit and then bit. they were recommending that if there was any way that this was going to work as a relationship or just me being happy get away from you know my mother I should seek therapy Oh, boy. Yeah. And once I left, that was the last time I ever saw him. And, you know, even still, I tried talking to him mm-hmm. and being like, if you really ever want to talk about this and try and work through it, like, I'm he here if you want to talk. He, he probably doesn't see he doesn't. what he's done in his errors, you know? No. He's just probably said that to your aunt just to, like, appease her and get out of the house of the no, uncomfortable situation. No, he did not situation. see anything that he did wrong because yeah. all he gave me within the next few days was a list a literal list of everything that everybody else did wrong and I was like that's it I can't do this anymore good riddance good (laughs) Mm -hmm. riddance so you you mourned that and how long were you single before you met your boyfriend my current boyfriend yeah so when I broke up with my ex that was about literally this time last year okay and I was like I really just I'm not in a good place I need to really focus on myself be happy with being alone be like find Mm -hmm. the things that I enjoy again and Mm -hmm. all through that time um I had already like while I was dating my ex met my current boyfriend through an internship where Mm -hmm. I was basically overseeing all the interns and Mm -hmm. 
we started doing projects together, started working. Um, That's good. Know, so it's like more. organic relationship, right? Yeah. Like just- and we became really close friends. And while I was like going through my healing process, he was always there, was aware of, you know, the things that had happened, always offered to be there for me if I ever wanted to talk, either just That's a late night ride to clear my head. And like at one point he was like, you know, I really like you. I would really like to date you. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And I'm flattered, but I just, I can't do it right now. And I honestly would go back and forth of, do I like him or do I just want him to help give you attention? Yeah. 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 Do I want to just make him my experiment to see if I am okay? Or do I genuinely like have an interest in him mm-hmm. and for months it was a constant back and forth and I also didn't want to like even consider dating anybody if I was still feeling the effects of my last relationship mm-hmm. but you know come February my current boyfriend Sean he was like Is that his real I- name? yeah Okay. okay. I figured I don't really need to bash no, him. God no. Good, not <laughs> He's safe. Yeah. Yeah. But, go ahead. Um, he honestly is like my absolute best friend. And when. Oh, that's great. He, when we first like decided to try this whole dating thing, he was like, do we really want to try this? Because like, God forbid this ever like goes downhill. I'm like, we're big enough adults. Like I care about you enough where if I ever feel like, you know you're doing something wrong or you're getting on my nerves I'm going to tell you so yeah yeah all throughout this relationship I haven't been afraid to you know pull him aside and like speak my mind and like cut him off if there's anything that I don't like like I am very honest and open with him and he's the same way with me you felt like yourself a strong backbone how long were you single like I mean, I knew you knew oh, yeah. him. <laughs> it's okay. How I long was, were you single before you you started okay. dating him? Probably from August. Like roughly, you don't have like to count. Like seven exact. months. Oh, that's a nice amount yeah. of time. That's good. All right, awesome. But what is your three um, pieces of advice for our listeners out there who might be in turbulent relationships and they're like afraid, they mm-hmm. don't know, maybe they think it's going to get better? Do you have any quick tips for them? Well, I will say for one, if they ever talk badly about your family or your friends or even treat them badly, talk about you or them behind your back, which mm-hmm. I've had my fair experience of that. It's not. Mm-mm. Not love. Sh- no. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, just be it's OK to be alone and take that time for yourself, because while you're focusing a lot on you know, just trying to give all your attention to somebody else and have somebody by your side, you're really ultimately losing yourself if that's all your main focus is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the third piece of advice I guess I could have is don't be afraid to try out dating your best friend. Because for me, that was the absolute weirdest thing. I'm like, if this goes downhill in the end, I don't know how. I know it's scary because you have a lot at risk. Yeah. 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 But, but it makes probably, for the best makes for the best relationships though. Yeah, it works it's the out. best decision I think I've ever had. I'm like in yeah. the happiest and healthiest relationship I think I could have ever been in. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. You have a happy ending. That makes mm-hmm. me happy and everybody listening, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, Miss Danielle, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> bye. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime,
time, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Furco's Fine Jewelry. The family-owned business is best known for their handcrafted statement pieces, engagement rings, and fashion finds. Visit them on Instagram at Furco's Fine Jewelry and make them your go-to when shopping for a special gift for a loved one, friend, or for yourself. Race for your ring and use special code MINDY15 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase.